Welcome to the Together Sober Podcast. I am your host, Louise Barnett, former Fortune 100 Global Sales Director turned Jay Shetty Accredited Life Coach. Each week, we will provide you a safe space of guidance, empathy, accountability, and support, helping you to find effortless sobriety and mental peace. You know the whole concept of paying it forward? That's exactly what Hit Subscribe does. It sends a message to the universe, to people who need to hear the lessons and the tools from the Together Sober podcast. Hit subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Together Sober podcast, where our mission every single week is to help you create survival guides out of our collective stories. Today's story is really intriguing. And I try to really make an effort when I'm bringing on storytellers and interviewees to the Together Sober podcast to make sure that we are providing you, dear listener, with a really diverse variety of tools and resources that you can then take, research more on your own, and add to your own survival guide and recovery kit. So today we are talking about a really specific topic from this individual and I'm so I'm learning right along beside you today. So I'm so excited for the content that we are going to absorb. Now, the individual that I'm talking about is Chris Engine. And Chris and I connected, gosh, we were just talking about it offline, the how incredible these these sober communities are online, because essentially we're just like-minded individuals, both on a similar mission to help individuals. And Chris has her own unique spin on it, which she'll share with you today. But let me tell you a little bit about Chris before we bring her on stage, if you will. (laughs) So today, Chris is a board certified, she's board certified in holistic nutrition and holds a nutrition consultant certificate from Bauman College of Holistic Nutrition and Culinary Arts. But it doesn't stop there. Chris also holds an advanced certification as a recovery nutrition coach from the Academy for Addiction and Mental Health nutrition. Now, before all of these incredible accomplishments, Chris spent many years trying any and everything to help her end her cycle of binge drinking. And she tried things like CBT, DBT, ACT. Those are all different types of therapies if you don't know the acronyms. 12-step meetings, spiritual rituals, and the list quite literally just goes on and on and on and on. She was exhausted. So after trying everything, nothing was more powerful or effective than using nutrition and supplements to naturally rebalance her brain. She found that by using targeted amino acids and food, she was able to relieve not just some, but all of the symptoms like stress, overwhelm, et cetera, that led her to pick up the drink in the first place. Chris now lives happily sober and passionate about sharing how to biochemically rebalance to achieve sobriety as the missing piece to any recovery program. 
She's here today to support the Together Sober mission in a true effort to help you, dear listener, build your survival guide. She wants you to be able to balance your brains so that you can cope with stress and make good choices for the rest of your life. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Louise. Thanks for that wonderful introduction. <laughs> You're nice. absolutely welcome. Uh, I just, I love bringing on speakers like yourself that obviously have a recovery story, which we're excited to hear some of that story today. But then you kind of landed and, and landed on something and discovered something that was really a game changer, essentially, and then now have dedicated your life's work to not only learning about that, but obviously applying that knowledge to the greater good. So we appreciate all that you're doing. And Whenever you feel comfortable, Chris, and wherever you'd like to begin your story, we'd love to just find out a little bit of background, who you are, your your story into recovery. Thanks. Okay, so um, let's see, where do I start? I can start with um, about, yeah, about 10 years ago, um, having everybody, no, I shouldn't say everybody, so I'm generalizing. The binge drinking for me was a problem. Could never relate to any everyday drinking for people. And that that really kept me stuck, I think, in identifying that I had a problem because um, in college, at least I thought everybody binge drank. You know, I've now learned that they don't, but uh, I thought that was normal. I thought blacking out was normal. Um, I was not really given an example of what not drinking would look like as a lifestyle growing up. So um, binging, binging was something that I did, you know, periodically. Um, I would say it didn't become a really huge problem until, like I said, about 10 years ago. And um, 10 years ago was when I started realizing like, this is, I, I need to, I want to stop. Um, I don't want to continue this pattern. I want to be able to go out and have one or two drinks and come home and go to bed. And that did not prove to be the case most of the time. So that's when I got really curious about myself and my own um, patterns, if you will. And that's when I started all those said therapies. And while they were all very helpful. Um, dialectical behavioral therapy was amazing. Cognitive processing therapy was amazing. Um, like a lot of people in the rec in recovery or seeking recovery, um, I do have trauma in my background. I have um, some hardships that you know I think indirectly led to my drinking uh, intensifying. Although also it is known that it that addiction is progressive too. So I'm not sure, you know, to what degree, I think this is how it would have eventually ended up. Yeah. Regardless, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe you had but, a little sped up version because of those traumas, but it, you would have ended up there either way. It sounds like. I think so. Yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, it, it seems that, I mean, we all, I'm sure you've talked about this with other guests that it's so normalized to, because you surround your people that drink like you, you surround yourself with people that drink like you. So then it's so normalized, right? It's like, oh, we don't want to talk to the sober person. That's so boring or they're not cool or whatever. 
then when it started becoming problematic, um, I, like I said, was seeking help and realized that, uh, at least not consistently, uh, could I stop at like two or three drinks and thus the therapies. And then that was at least four years of trying the different kinds of therapies. Everybody says, go to the 12 step meetings, um, different tons of self-help books, all of it. And along that line, so while I was going through all that self-exploration, I also was switching careers and I'd always been interested in nutrition my whole life. Um, and so I went back to school. I went back to school at the age of 47. And oh, wow. that's the Bowman College that you mentioned earlier for yeah. holistic nutrition, not really knowing, you know, only knowing that I was very interested in nutrition because ironically, and also I think a lot of people can probably relate to this too, that I'm super concerned about my health mm -hmm. and I'm an athlete and what I eat and what I put in my body is important to me, which, you know, got defeated on from the binge drinking, which I then would try to cancel out by over-exercising or not eating the next day. So there's just this horrible, vicious cycle. So um, I went to school for nutrition, not knowing that I would end up finding this, you know, having this complete revelation for my life. So in as I was, let's see, it was probably, so that was 2016, um, studying, going to school, learning all about nutrition, and getting to the part about mental health nutrition. And that was just stunning to me. I couldn't even believe that mm -hmm. food and also supplements had could have such a powerful impact on um, your body and your, yeah. that your brain, you're literally feeding your brain. Yeah. So well, and don't they was, say the gut is the first brain and the brain is the second brain, right? So it only is obvious that if we were feeding our bodies and our gut right and the, more serotonin is produced in our gut, right? There's just so many things there that's so exciting that once you learn, you're like, what? <laughs> that's Yeah, that's what I mean. I, it was crazy because I was like, oh, I always just, you know, was thought calories in, calories out, and I want to be thin, you know? <laughs> Never really thinking about how what I ate was actually feeding my brain, how my gut health affected my mental health. Yeah. And it was just so incredibly eye-opening. And that's when I dove in and just 100% wanted to learn everything there was to learn about it. Mm -hmm. um, I learned about neurotransmitters, which are the chemical messengers in your brain. And if they're off balance, like you just said, serotonin, which is also housed in the gut, if serotonin is depleted, it can cause depression, it can cause anxiety, insomnia. Um, and I actually then reached out to Julia Ross, who I'm going to mention here because she wrote The Diet Cure, The Mood Cure, and The Craving Cure. Oh, and she's an author and she lives, um, I'm in Northern California and she lives close by. So I reached out to her immediately because that's what I was just like, she's the one that invented amino acid therapy. Yeah. And I was like, I need to learn everything I can from you. And then she sent me over to the Academy for Addiction and Mental Health Nutrition. And so while I was at Bowman College, I was also studying with the person who wrote the book and the Academy. So I was all in yep. and I was like, this, this is completely, 
I just knew it was going to be completely pivotal and I'd never heard one thing about it. Not Mm. one thing from any of, of the different avenues that I was trying to, you know, stop this cycle. I really love this example, Chris, because I think it's really goes to show what happens when you just lean into something that feels right. And you mentioned that when decided to go to school for this nutrition, you know, you knew you had an interest in it because you, you're, you consider yourself a healthy person, but you didn't quite know where it was going or where it was going to end up, but it, it was a feeling and it felt right. And as a result of that, you, you didn't have a map. You didn't know what the end game was going to be, right. but it sounds like throughout that whole process, you just kept leaning in and leaning in and leaning in and the doors just kept opening and opening and opening. And I, I want to just make this point here because I think that when it comes to your own personal recovery, which is different for all of us, that's what you need to be doing is just following your intuition, leaning into something that just feels a little bit right. And, you know, before you know it, you're Chris sitting here with multiple certifications, (laughs) degrees, and kind of a whole new outlook on, on the idea of recovery. So. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, the whole thing, it was just, it was meant to be, um, it was that feeling that I feel so grateful to have of just, I'm exactly where I need to be learning exactly what I need to know um, and pursuing it from all angles, creating a community of people also that that are in the health and wellness field. And then we're all kind of speaking the same language. So I have my own little, you know, we call, we like to geek out on different scientific yeah. studies and that yeah. kind of thing. And um, But so yeah, nothing was more the, the things I would highlight out of my my real aha moment here and that this was the missing piece were um, number one, blood sugar regulation and how important that is for people in recovery. I can't even emphasize it enough. Like I did not know that I was hypoglycemic. There's all these studies done that at least 85, maybe 90% of, of um, I'm going to use the word alcoholic, but I know that's not always a word sure. people use, but yeah. that's back in the sixties when they were doing these studies, which nobody talks about, which is so frustrating. There are documented studies that people with alcohol use disorder are um, about 90% of them are hypoglycemic. And so that means their blood sugar handling is not, you know, their blood sugar spikes and then it crashes. Um And what happens when your blood sugar goes up and then falls is your brain goes offline and your prefrontal cortex, which is your front brain, it, you do not have access to logic anymore. So that's where you would, where they say, you know, with all these therapies that we're supposed to be able to, to access the logic brain that's going to walk us through our DBT exercises and that kind of thing. But if you're experiencing hypoglycemia, your brain goes straight to reptilian brain. And that's when you just grab something to feel better. And that's that phenomenon. Yeah. Like people will say, I don't know what happened. It was almost like a blackout. Like I was all of a sudden I was in the liquor store. I had my hand on. And then the first thing I would ask a person that says, you know, this is happening to me is when's the last time you ate? Did you eat protein? Um, Protein is so important to keep blood sugar stable. Protein keeps your brain online. So to have people carry protein with them, um, I could keep going. I mean, there's an amino acid called glutamine. That's also really good for 
keeping blood sugar stable. But this, so that's the number one revelation and the easiest one to take care of because mm -hmm. it just involves food, protein. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now there's so many um, accessible to everyone, these, you know, continuous glucose monitors and things that you can use as a tool just to help understand that, you know, knowledge is power, right? So more that we can understand how our body is processing foods, how quickly we're processing foods. Um, the foods are different for everybody. Uh, all of that can play. I really like what you said, because I do believe that it's, you know, a lot of the work that all of us in recovery are doing is also on our mental health and it is arguably almost impossible to be doing that work on our mental health if we're starving or poisoning our brains. Mm -hmm. And there's no right way to go around recovery. A lot of people will tackle mental health first, um, but it's going to be a lot harder if you haven't already done the work to remove the poison and start truly feeding your body in the way it deserves to be served and cared for. And, no, exactly. And it was just so incredibly eye-opening to me was that people, oh, I like your cup. I like your mug. Uh, <laughs> look at my <laughs> Let's see. see boss it? lady. I love it. So I've got a boss mug. If you can't see, so and Chris has got a boss lady. Boss, boss lady, boss. That's so pretty. <laughs> my husband gave it to me. So I'm not like a hundred percent. I gave me mine. Um, <laughs> I could say my kids gave them to me, gave it to me. <laughs> but uh, so no, just what you just said, it's, it's to me, I just feel that the model of, I absolutely agree that people um, going in and it's a patchwork of, you know, their own program, exploring different areas, figuring out what works for you. However, I, my mission is to hopefully get as many people as possible understanding that if your brain is well fed, it will be so much easier for mm -hmm. you to implement all mm -hmm. of the other modalities because there's so many of them right yeah. so yeah and um with food so i mentioned protein amino acids are the building blocks of protein and dietary protein certainly is extremely useful just for anybody listening you want to do get at least half your body weight in grams of protein so uh, like a palm of chicken is about 28 grams of protein. So mm -hmm. it sounds like half your body, okay, say you're 150 pounds. So you need 75 grams of protein. That's really only it's, you know, serving wise, it's that yeah. four ounces of chicken, but you wouldn't want to eat chicken three times a day. You want to diversify, but you're follow me. I have yeah. lots of handouts and that kind of thing for people to kind of piece their protein together, but to just start with at least eating it three times a day. And then the other really important piece is this amino acid therapy and amino acids are supplemental. So I always try to teach it like the word supplement. It is what it is. It, it's it is supplemental, what it is. Right. So okay. if you're, people will say, well, why can't I, I don't want to take supplements. Like why can't I get enough from food and in early recovery? And, you know, sometimes even in later recovery, food is not 
just food isn't enough. And the supplements are just little capsules. They're little powder capsules and they're targeted. So that's the key is that if you're eating protein, you're getting the full panel of amino acids. If you're eating animal protein, if you're eating plant, if you're hundred percent plant-based, you need to combine your foods um, to make sure you get the full panel. But with the capsules, it's completely targeted. So there's serotonin, GABA, the catecholamines and endorphins. Those are the four neurotransmitter systems Hmm. that are these chemical messengers going back and forth. And each are responsible for, um, it's, it, okay. If they're depleted, they're responsible for certain symptoms, Mm -hmm. um, that appear. So depleted serotonin, serotonin is your inner sunshine. Mm -hmm. Um, if it's depleted, that's what causes the kind of under a dark cloud depression, um, worrisome type anxiety, insomnia, panic attacks. Um, and let's see. So, and GABA is the primary inhibitory neurotransmitter. So GABA promotes relaxation. If you're deficient in GABA, it's stress, overwhelm, tense, stiff muscles. Um, so in for each of those categories, there's certain symptoms that will pop up if you're, if you're deficient Mm -hmm. and that's when people will grab for their alcohol or their sugar or their other drug of choice to self-medicate and feel better. So my job is to go through this chart-based, um, it's just a, it's a chart-based tracker that, that lists the symptoms associated with each neurotransmitter system. Mm -hmm. And through that, through that charting process, figuring out where the person is deficient and which targeted amino acids they would take to help bring themselves back up to normal. So I know like if we had visuals, it would probably be a lot easier to explain this. No, well, and I think I was going to ask a question, but I think maybe you answered it. Um, Let me ask it in case some other folks are wondering the same thing. So as you were sharing my first thought to myself was, how can I measure if I'm low in any of these amino acids? And it sounds like based on what you just shared, there's sort of a subjective process that you go through charting, asking questions, and that's how you kind of diagnose what you're low in, or is there a more kind of objective scientific way to take that measurement? Oh yeah, that's a great question. Um, the chart is, there are urine, urine neurotransmitter tests, mm-hmm. but they are notoriously not reliable. Mm-hmm. The chart, so Julia Ross, again, I just want to mention her because she is the pioneer of amino acid therapy. She's the one that invented this chart-based okay. system. Um, and you said that you're deficient. Your question was if you're deficient in those amino acids and the question should be if you're deficient in those neurotransmitters. So that's where people, the amino acids supplement and create new neurotransmitters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So the deficiency, yes, it it is chart and symptom-based and I'm trained. I have both the um, level one and level two advanced certification Mm -hmm. in this specific amino acid therapy to teach people which amino acids to use for their symptoms. And then if they don't respond to those, um, there's always for every, every, the no data is bad data. 
um, if something doesn't work, that's important information. That's not, yeah, right? that's still data. Yeah, that's data. Yeah. So yeah. there's always a plan B. And um, the beauty is that amino acids work in two to five minutes. Mm -hmm. People, uh, there's a whole trialing, it's biofeedback. So, okay, a good example. So if you're low in catecholamines, catecholamines are what um, drives dopamine. It's mm -hmm. adrenaline, noradrenaline, and dopamine. So tyrosine is one of the amino acids. And people, that's what dopamine is the spark of life, um, energy, focus, enthusiasm, drive. So by sampling one capsule of tyrosine opened up, you put the powder on your tongue and you wait. If you feel nothing, you take another one five mm -hmm. minutes later, or maybe just from that first 500, you're going to feel like a little spark. A mm -hmm. little like spark of life, like mm -hmm. <laughs> the leaves all of a sudden, the world is now in color. Um, mm -hmm. And my clients usually take it's anywhere between 500 or 3000 milligrams of amino acids, which is way higher than what it says on the bottle. So people always ask, like, oh, or they'll say they don't work. And the thing is, without instruction on how to use the amino acids, I think a lot of people are going to think they don't work mm -hmm. because the quantity, especially in early recovery that people have to take um, is, can be quite high, but yeah. everybody's different. Everybody's different. Um, I probably should interject right now that I'm not a doctor. I don't <laughs> diagnose, cure, treat any disease. Uh, and along with this amino acid therapy, there's also uh, precautions checklist. So anybody, you know, any information I'm giving on this podcast, I absolutely need to, to back it up with letting you know that there is a checklist of precautions. So in the previous example, I just used with tyrosine, which would promote attention, focus, energy. Um, if you're a person with high blood pressure, you want to be very cautious. Um, if, and if there's any uh, Hashimoto's thyroiditis or hyperthyroidism, anything, to, any disease of the thyroid to also be careful with tyrosine. So I'm trained in all of that uh, yeah. and just want to make sure people aren't taking this as medical advice because there are precautions, Yeah, but they absolutely. are, but they are natural and they're so, sold over the counter. I have an online dispensary where people can order amino acids from me and delivered straight to their door, 10% off. So. Okay. So take us back a little bit then now that we kind of have some foundational understanding of this amino acids and, and kind of how we should be utilizing them to kind of restructure our brain chemistry, share with us, like how this took you from binge drinking to not binge drinking. How did that happen? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's okay. Such a good question. Um, so as looping back to when I said there's the blood sugar regulation was the first thing. And then that was the first item that helped me. The second is the amino acid therapy that I just described. And for me, um, looking at the chart and really thinking about why am I drinking, mm -hmm. figuring out what symptom is causing me to drink despite my best intentions not to. So for me, my two main ones were 
to escape. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, to just not be here. I just want to check out, um, that's low endorphins. I learned that from the chart I'm talking about. And then the other, the other symptom for me in particular was for, (laughs) this is a little bit more unusual, but for focus and energy that I just described with the low catecholamines, uh, alcohol, is a substance that people can use for any deficiency of any neurotransmitter. Something like cocaine would be for the low dopamine, right? Cocaine's always an upper, but in depending on your body, alcohol can be, you can use it to get energy and, yeah. you know, get up and not be bored because so I can go on a date and not be again. shy. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's figuring out, you know, why are you using it? And then also definitely the escape and just like check out, like, I don't want to be here right now and dissociating. So for each of those symptoms, there's an amino acid. So the first that the escape is low endorphins and the amino acid that's associated with that is D-phenylalanine. Mm-hmm. The brand names usually in, is in there's that one's pretty hard to find, but endorphogen um, or DPA. And then the other one is the tyrosine I was talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. Then there's also an amino acid called DL-phenylalanine that helps with low catecholamines and low endorphins, which Mm -hmm. is both of my primary. So I was not a person that drank because I was stressed. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that's super common for people. And if that is the reason the the amino acid you'd want to use is GABA Mm -hmm. or... um, Theanine would be the first two choices. And it wasn't, or I wasn't depressed, at least not the kind of under a dark cloud type depression. So if I was, it would have been 5-HTP or tryptophan. But really just, like I said, looking at each of the neurotransmitter systems and the symptoms when I decided I was going to drink, you know, what, what is that? Like for you, when you were drinking, what were you, what uh, do you think you were? Towards the end was to numb, mask and hide. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's, that would be like the numb, mask and hide, low endorphin cyst, mm-hmm. the low, the endorphin. You just associate um, to retreat to, yep. yeah. All those things we would use our DBT skills for today. <laughs> Exactly. 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 So that's low endorphins. And so that's where that DPA, that was kind of my primary one also. And then that, like I said, that DLPA helped so much. Uh, I would say that's probably one of the most popular amino acids for the people that I help that most people do respond to that and, and GABA. Um, Yeah. So if I'm listening to this right now and I'm thinking like, okay, I can see how this might be something that's helpful to me, but I'm kind of overwhelmed by all of the terminology. Like this sounds like a lot, Chris, yeah. where do I just begin? Like without <laughs> all the, all the scientific language, like I don't even know how to take a baby step here. Right. And I, I, that is my challenge in trying to get this information out to people because it is so important and I want to make it easy for people to understand. So I did, after seeing people one-on-one for about three years, I finally said, Hey, I'm just going to, 
I'm going to create a course where I can teach people about this. Like you just said, literally step by step, you know, step one, fill out the chart. Step two, check the precautions. Step three. Yeah. It goes through step-by-step. There's worksheets, videos, um, ongoing communication with me in a HIPAA protected portal mm-hmm. where it, I, that was the most important to me is that it's actually, most people use a Facebook group for this kind of stuff. And I'm not using that. I'm using, uh, you know, it's medically protected. So yeah. a lot of people want to just be anonymous. That's fine. And secure messages to me asking any questions. And then every other Every other week, I have a live call for an hour where people can come and bring their questions, bring their charts. Um, They can ask questions in advance if they can't be there and they're recorded. So I walk people through, yeah, step by step. And it's not even just the amino acid therapy in this course. I've made it even more than that. I do have a course that's just amino acid therapy. And then I moved that into a bigger one that covers everything that I call the seven steps to feed your recovery. So it's all about the base supplementation of bringing yourself back up to baseline after abusing substances, or even if it's not abusing substances, um, stress, sleep, like lack of sleep, genetics, toxins in the environment. There's lots of things that can deplete you and make you feel, um, feel these symptoms of low neurotransmitters, even though, you know, even if, and then people say, oh, I'm five years sober, I wouldn't need this. That's not true at all. I mean, if there's still stress, there's still, or a lot of times people move to sugar yeah, if they've quit alcohol. So it works for all of that. So it's step one is to, to like build your base supplementation, fish oil, B vitamins, glutathione, those kinds of things, then amino acid therapy, then um, blood sugar regulation, gut health, uh, eat real food, check for food allergies, intolerances, or sensitivities, and exercise. Those are the seven steps. Okay. So after doing this for yeah, like three, four years, those are that's what I identified in that order. You can start wherever you want, but if you're starting baby steps, just start at the beginning and move straight through it. And are there any concerns uh, to starting this process if I'm still actively drinking? Um, if you're still actively drinking, it's it's still it will help. It will help because being able to replenish the different deficiencies that that are being caused by the drinking as long as you're working towards it, it will, it can help you quit. I have at least half the people are still kind of, um, they're getting longer time between drinking from using the supplements, um, and they're learning how to use them. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely not a prerequisite to be abstinent before Mm -hmm. starting. Okay. Um, Yeah. I think I I have to think about how to phrase this because I mean, it's obviously depends. Mostly I would just be worried if there was a situation where somebody would go go into um, need need a medically supervised detox or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That I would, it makes me a little nervous if they 
are going to try to do this whole thing on their own if yeah. I don't really know exactly how much they've been drinking. Yeah. That's the reason why I'm sort of stumbling a little said, bit just because I no, be yeah, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And what I like about the answer you shared really is is just this idea that it's kind of the approach I take to recovery is is the holistic approach essentially is basically that if you start really focusing on the core areas that need focusing and for today's topic of conversation we're talking about our brains we're talking about our gut we're talking about you know rejuvenating those important pieces of our body what ends up happening is when you can place and do some work and place some focus on those areas then the concept of sobriety just be becomes a lot more natural and mm -hmm. requires a lot less effort. And I, so I draw a parallel to really my recovery story where I didn't start on a sobriety journey. I started just by trying to become a better person and doing a lot of inner work. And after about six months of doing that inner work, I was still drinking, I was still consuming, but it wasn't to the degree that I had been. Mm -hmm. And it was just a lot less important to me. So I think this is sounds like it's a really similar yeah. process in that once you get your body healthy and feeling good and fed properly, mm. alcohol is not going to be as important. It's just not. It's, no, it's, that's exactly right. Is that, um, that's a big piece of what I talk about on the group calls about it's the highest self-care is such a buzzword these days. And think about it like food, you have to eat. So it's the highest form of self-care is to look at what you're putting in your body. You know, how is this contributing to my health? Why do I want to pour poison down my throat and negate, yeah. you know, all of this other hard work that I've done? People can take the blood sugar regulation piece and start increasing their protein consumption. I can look at the gut health piece and start eating uh, foods with probiotics like sauerkraut, kimchi, cultured foods like yogurt, and maybe bring probiotics in. Um, they can look at the eat real food section and start to learn what kinds of recipes, what kinds of food ratios, the glycemic index, which is really important. It's It's a measurement of how quickly glucose enters the bloodstream. So to eat foods that are lower on the glycemic index um, really is wonderful for anybody, but especially people in recovery, because like I said before, we don't want blood sugar to spike and then crash. Yeah. So yeah, combining foods with not eating white carbs alone ever. And, you know, if you are going to eat that white carb or eat sugar, just eat it with I know it sounds kind of weird, but eat it with a handful of nuts or yeah. a piece of turkey. Or if you're eating sugar, eat it after a protein filled meal, like right after, just not by itself. So I give all kinds of tips like that on how to eat. So like you said, if somebody is still drinking, but it's, there's the, that contemplation, you, maybe you've heard of this, the, the five stages of change, and mm. I'm not going to say it right because I haven't thought about it in a while, but it's something like there's pre-contemplation, contemplation, action. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's yeah, depending yeah. on what stage you're at for that, you know, maybe it's just this sort of like I'm contemplating and I want to yeah. learn a little more, like you said, and just kind of um because you never know what's gonna what's gonna be the final, you know, grab onto you as the final um piece to yeah. the recovery puzzle, which for me, this was it. 
this was it. I'd done all the therapies. I'd, I'd done the 12 steps. I feel like I really know myself. You should see my library of books. My gosh. But for me, this was just the massive aha moment. And then it got, it's almost like you want people to get mad about it too. And be like, why is nobody talking about this? Yes. It's so simple that the medical Doctors want to just keep pushing different medications. Well, big pharma is getting in the way. Yeah, exactly. And it's exactly. like these amino acids are just so simple and so inexpensive. And whenever anybody, I just love it being, being sarcastic. I don't love it. But when people are like, they want to argue about it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, can't argue about it. Why don't you try it? It might work. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know? And it's uh, not a drug. It's natural. So you're, it's you're all natural. And they do. I mean, they work immediately. I even like, yeah, I use tyrosine is still, I use it. So one other question people might be wondering is like, how long do you have to take them for? Um, and that of course varies because we're all individuals. Um, but at least usually it's like two to six months on a regular schedule. But again, your body will start to tell you when you don't need it anymore. And then, especially with this course, my it, I teach you how to know when to quote unquote, when I say go off them, it's not like there's any withdrawal or anything, you just stop taking them. Stop. And then, you know, but if your symptoms come up again, that you can just use them on an on needed as needed basis, which is where I'm at right now. When I use them, like just yesterday, I used my DPA. I used tyrosine this morning because I knew I had this interview with you. Yeah. And I wanted to be focused and my kids use GABA when they're stressed. Um, it's safe for, yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's like you can carry around these little capsules and when you feel off balance, you can rebalance yourself. You know what to do, you know, it's amazing. Wow. Well, I'm so grateful for kind of this baseline foundation that you've provided with us today. It sounds like really the course that is, it sounds like it's a handheld course, like step-by-step is, would be such a great next step for individuals who are interested in this kind of therapy. So what would be a good way for people to get in touch with you, Chris, and find out a little bit more about this therapy and these services? So uh, my website is Nutrition for Recovery, and that's nutrition with the number four, recovery.com, obviously. (laughs) Um, Well, not obviously. Nutritionforrecovery.com. And um, they can look on there is the description of the Feed Your Recovery course. It's on the first page. So you can, they can look at that for a description. Um, I also, on that, website, they um, can submit a request for a 20-minute free discovery call to learn more about it. And also just could email me at chris at nutrition4recovery.com. So, and then in the show notes, you can include my closed Facebook group. Perfect. Yep. We've got that. Yeah. Perfect. 
Amazing. Perfect. And then Chris is also a member of the Together Sober Facebook community. So Mm -hmm. that's another great way to get in touch with her. And, you know, that's a great way to post on the feed there if it's maybe a question that other folks um, might want the answer to as well. So Chris, can't thank you enough for being here today. I do have one last question for you. And it's a question that I'm asking all of our interviewees to think about and give us okay. an answer. And it's this, if you could create one rule or one law about your subject matter expertise that everybody would follow in order to make the world a better place and to make us healthier people, what would that ruler law be? Hmm. Okay. It would really be about the diet, the high protein diet that I mentioned earlier. I think above anything to make sure people are consuming enough protein so that their brains are online. Um, So everybody has a chance to become their best selves and recognize that protein is what helps, it creates their neurotransmitters in their brain. So you're always going to be feeding your brain if you're getting adequate protein. Amazing. Eat protein. And I remember, (laughs) here's what I remember you saying. I remember you saying, take your body weight, cut it in half. That's an estimate of roughly the amount of protein we need. And a serving is kind of like the size of your palm. So... Awesome. Well, do you have anything else to share with the listeners today? Um, Just that, you know, let's keep, no matter where you are in your journey um, to continue, it's worth it. You're worth it. And to take my tips, take everybody else's tips that Louise has interviewed. And it's a community. We all are in this together and let's help each other. Um, come together and live alcohol free because it's the best way to live. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being here today. Together Sober listeners, thank you so much for listening. We would not be here without you. So thank you. If there is a subject or a topic or a person, something that you'd like to hear about on the Together Sober podcast, please let us know. You can go ahead and email us. Um, All of the contact information is in the show notes. We would love to hear from you so that we can really provide you dear listener with as much value as possible. And until next time together, sober listeners, you will hear from us next week. If you're still listening right now, I'm going to assume that you really liked this episode. And if that's the case, can you please go ahead and rate and review the Together Sober podcast? What this does is organically puts the podcast into more listeners' ears, thus creating more lasting and effortless sobriety and mental peace for others.